0: Hello and welcome to The Stinger, a superfan's guide to Marvel, Star Wars, and much, much more in fandom. I'm your co-host, Josh Gann. Joining me on the podcast today, they've just gained their powers and, you know, they're ready to take to the streets. It's Trent Neely and Joseph Sneed. How are we doing, guys?
1: It's gonna be great. This is gonna be like a very positive episode. This is just gonna be showering praise and love on things. So so I'm excited for this one.
2: Yeah, we've we've got an episode that, you know, I think all of us are gonna be pretty happy on. No, like, (laughs) trashing on the stuff that stinks. Just talking about the stuff we love.
0: A rarity these days. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, We have a really fun episode for you today. I can't wait to get into it. Uh, But first... Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media on TikTok and on Instagram at The Stinger Pod. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Stinger Pod on YouTube. Uh, Trent and I just put out a video, our first video episode on the YouTube channel. So please, if you haven't watched it yet, go check it out. We talked about a lot, including the Dune Popcorn Bucket. So um, there's a lot... (laughs) There's a, there's a there's a lot to unpack if you want to come listen to our live therapy session. Um, all right. Today, we have a special episode, guys. Um, when this episode drops, the the Super Bowl will have already happened. And Valentine's Day will be right around the corner. Um, real quick, because we're football fans. Uh, do you guys have a Super Bowl <laughs> prediction? Uh, 49ers by 10. Interesting
2: chiefs by eight kelsey proposes to taylor swift on the field
1: Ooh, there we go <laughs> that's what everyone's saying man that's what everyone's saying he got the question at the press conference today
2: oh and reba's gonna slay the national anthem
0: oh i mean uh, that, oh, that that's a certainty of course she is of course she is we're gonna you, joseph you were talking beforehand a little agnostic towards the super bowl this year you're more interested in other stuff um
2: yeah, yeah. Doritos commercials, Taco Bell commercials, Deadpool three. Yeah. Um, what more could yeah. you want?
0: What yeah, more I could you know. want?
2: I, and over the last year, I've really come around on Taco Bell. So
1: <laughs> you can't beat the economics of Taco Bell. You can get like you ten know, menu can't. items for under twenty dollars. It's insane. Whereas only, at Chick Fil A, which I love, there's like a meal for like twenty seven bucks. And so the only
2: the place, math. the only place that used to compete with Taco Bell was Cookout. Not really anymore.
0: Oh, really not not anymore. What? Wait, it's going up. The prices go up?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I got to trade the other day for like $9. Oh,
0: that's that's sick. It's really $9 is fine, but like the 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 fact that it used to be 6. Is I know just... I'm
1: robbing us of our college memories here. <laughs> it's
0: sickening. Yeah. Um you always put your body on the line when you order Taco Bell, but it's, it's the fact that it costs so little that you're willing to do it every time. You know, it's-
2: Hey, man, it's a taco made out of Doritos. Exactly. You don't go in expecting gourmet food. You're like, I know what I'm here for.
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to predict Chiefs 19, Niners 14, and I think this is going to be one of the most boring Super Bowls in recent memory. <laughs> that's my that's my prediction we're gonna have like brock purdy's gonna throw three picks patrick mahomes is gonna have like less than 200 yards passing and it's just gonna be like really boring all right um, so
2: here's here's one who's your super bowl mvp
1: uh pacheco i'm gonna i'm gonna go with
2: pacheco, the
0: dark horse. that's yeah. a good Ooh. one i like that pick i watch it be watch it be travis kelsey
2: Oh, it. No, that, oh, then that would just be perfect.
1: The script writers. And then, yeah. well, and then of course, we. we <laughs> did you guys see the thing from Scheffler? It has to go to uh, double overtime that apparently they, they announced that. They're like, be ready for a double overtime contingency. And he was like, if this <laughs> happens, the script truthers
0: are going to be out in force. It's going to be unbearable if that happens. Nah, Travis Kelsey's gonna win the MVP and then like when they hand him the MVP trophy, there's gonna be like a secret compartment that opens with the uh engagement ring inside. This is gonna be like it's gonna be perfect.
1: And then Taylor will announce another album is coming. Like
0: exactly.
2: She already announced the one coming in April. So. Exactly.
0: Right. She's gonna have like an MCU phase six slate of just her music, you know she, what I mean? In fact,
2: like, yeah, it's like let's
1: bring <laughs> out Kevin Feige to announce yeah. the next five <laughs> Taylor so are we going
2: are, are to have the... Uh, I can't remember what the, the album name is called, but we are going to have the review of that in the second or third week of April on the podcast?
1: Oh, yeah, the Tortured Poets uh, We might. If, slim. I, if I bring Emily on here, she will 100% do that.
2: I was sitting here like, I know it's not Dead Poets Society.
0: <laughs> but it's close. It's kind of like she put into ChatGPT like, hey, can you do a riff off of Dead Poets Society and just tell me tell me what i should name my album um hey listen if we're if we're low on content ideas we might have to have a listening party on here and there's the other rumor is she might be in Deadpool 3 so i've heard oh, that yeah, one she's, as well
2: she's been rumored as playing dazzler for years now so
0: just just wait
1: we you know she and Ryan are tight so they are
2: they well, are i think she was originally potentially going to be dazzler in like X-Men Apocalypse oh. so it's been like that long ago mm. 2016
0: like eight albums ago um yeah. all right today very special episode near and dear to our hearts Tomorrow's valentine's day and love is in the air and with that with the with cupid firing away those love darts like he's hawkeye uh we felt very much sentimental to talk about how the three of us One came together as a trio on this podcast and two fell in love with the stories that we talk about on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We're going way back to our childhood memories. We're going way back to our college memories and we're calling this our, our fandom meet cutes. So what is, what's the moment we fell in love had our little like sparks fly moment with star Wars, with, the MCU with Lord of the Rings with these kinds of things, and so we're going to talk about all that today. And, and first, I think it's important that you all know how the three of us got connected to even do this podcast. So, um, there's a picture I put in our document, uh, that we do rundowns, you know, for every episode to put all of our thoughts and questions together in one place. And this time, I decided to plop a picture in there, and this is a picture of our group of friends in college. The three of us are all in this picture. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are situated on the Virginia Tech pylons that sit atop the drill fields on Virginia Tech's campus. And we all have our grad caps on because we were about to graduate and we're dressed really nice with our button-up shirts and pants and everything and ties. And underneath, we have superhero shirts on. Mm-hmm. Because the other picture we took was us unveiling our superhero shirts underneath, like Clark Kent. But in this one, we are all holding lightsabers, set to duel each other <laughs> on the pylons. Some of us have lightsabers. One of us has Milnir, One of us has Cap Shield. It's ri- one of us is wearing Iron Man's mask. You know, it is like a a true like crockpot of fandom. Just everything is is melded together there
2: most of the gear in that picture taken from my personal archives (laughs) i think i think i provided like like six or seven lightsabers
1: didn't you provide like one or two shirts as well like didn't somebody i'm pretty sure i I think i think i did
2: thor's hammer was mine the shield
1: do y'all remember what shirt you were wearing i was wearing an avengers
0: one because i still have that shirt
2: i think i was wearing a captain america one
0: i had a um (laughs) I had a periodic table of superheroes shirt on. That's right. I <laughs> like, remember that now. All of these comic characters in the periodic table. It was great. Um, if you can't tell we're a bunch of dorks on this podcast. Um, <laughs> that
2: picture is on Virginia Tech's Instagram page too. Yes. Is it really?
0: Or one of them.
1: I forget if one, it's that one, one or them. the Clark Kent. It might be oh, the Clark yeah. Kent it one. It might be that the, one.
2: One, that, one, of them, one of them is on Virginia Tech's Instagram. Oh yep. my gosh. I forgot about that. So oh, see? Any, anybody listening, go check Virginia Tech's Instagram from April or May 2019.
0: <laughs> You'll have to do some digging. But yes. yeah, that is, that's our like, or that's, that's, uh, you know, if, if, if our origin story was a comic book, that's on the splash page. You know what I mean? That's front cover. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we get to know each other? I, we were talking beforehand, Trent and Joseph, I know you guys have a story.
1: Yeah. So it was, let's see. It was, it was a uh, uh, fortuitous afternoon lunch at D2, which we were known to have back in the days. And we realized that our friend Zach had never seen a single Star Wars movie. And I think this is this is Unreal. the start of 2017, or maybe like, I forget when this was, but... Um, this was fall Je- semester
2: 2017. Okay, yeah, because Last Jedi. for The Last Jedi to come out. That's right. Because oh, we, yeah. we were
1: talking, we were like, are we going to go see The Last Jedi together? And then Zach was like, I've never seen a single one of the Star Wars movies. And then I forget who was the one who actually pitched it. But one of us was like, okay, we're clearly going to show Zach all the previous movies before The Last Jedi comes out.
2: It was probably me or you, Trent. Because <laughs> <laughs> me, and, me and Zach were and still are very tight. And yeah. I was like, buddy, you got to watch these.
1: Yeah. And so then the next the next Friday, it was like... Hey, this is happening at um our friend's house where we all used to hang out. And so I come in that night and then I notice in the corner there there's a man with glasses. Who's looking, <laughs> he's looking looking very like studious and just sort of like hanging out with a couple people chatting. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know this person." And I think I just waved and I was like, "I'll talk to him maybe after the movie's over." So we fire up the movie and then next thing I know, I'm hearing all these like little inside trivia facts or like oh you know they filmed it this way or this is like this technique and stuff like that and this is the lore of this part of star wars and i'm like wait a minute normally only i know these facts and part of me like in my my stupid lizard brain is a little bit jealous i'm like who's hmm, <laughs> on my <laughs> territory here and then like as the evening is going on like like i'm sharing trivia facts as well and i'm like wait a minute we kind of got a nice back and forth thing going on and sure enough it was mr joseph sneed over here and by the end of the night, I'm like, this, this guy's awesome. Like, this is not <laughs> a, a competitive thing. This is just another another nerd I can enjoy all this stuff with. And that I think literally that was like the exact beginning. It was just from that moment on, it was like, hey, you take this stuff seriously? I do. You do too? Yeah. And then it was like we're friends now, I guess. And then we were we were just sort of off to the races for for that. And then the rest of the the Star Wars franchise soon followed. Our Poor friend Zach had the worst viewing experience for that movie. <laughs> Either yeah. referencing memes, trivia, or just like quoting the movie <laughs> in a mocking way, like the "It's working, it's working." Like it was it was a experience wonderful for him. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think he got a much better experience on the remaining, the remaining uh, five Sky, no six Skywalker saga movies at that point, including Episode Seven of Rogue One um but yeah we we were tearing Phantom Menace apart yeah both of us actually kind of like Phantom Menace yeah but it was just this weird thing of we were talking before the podcast a little bit and I was like yeah I think it started out we were trying to one-up each other and then we like kind of testing each other like is this guy a casual or is he actually (laughs) in the know yeah we kind of we kind of proved ourselves to each other and by the end of the night just buddies kidding around and it was the start of a beautiful relationship that has continued to this day. Yes. Well, that's put.
0: right. That's right. It's so special. I I uh, love hearing you two regale the story. the The Star Wars watch parties really were really, really fun times, really special yeah. times.
2: And just for the viewers out there, I don't know if it was a Star Wars watch party or just a movie night in general, but... We have bore witness to some epic rap battles.
0: <laughs> oh yes,
2: among the among the group.
0: Oh yes, somebody has those audio files somewhere. <laughs> now, people are going to hear the word "epic" and they're going to be like, "Oh, okay, so like some guys have have genuine bars?" No, no, absolutely no.
2: not. <laughs> I don't know when when one of our friends said i don't give a bleep but actually yeah. said bleep yeah we actually literally collecti- said bleep we were all collectively losing our minds at that point
0: we did i i have i've witnessed people like elevate to the level of of you know like Eminem and 8 Mile uh kind of kind of passion and with the mic in front of them it, at those uh movie nights and let me tell you is it was something to behold. I don't know if those videos will ever see the light of day, but uh, <laughs> those, uh those are great times. I uh my my um side of the story is I think the the friendship of the three of us, you know, happened over time uh progressively my like the friend group that I mentioned where we have these the lightsabers on the pylons. My favorite memory is all of us going to see in game. Uh, Cause yep. it was like, I don't know how y'all felt about it, but it was such a special moment for mm-hmm. me personally, that we were all like, we we've like kind of grown up in college together. We've like shared our love for these, these stories that we talk about a lot. And the fact that the whole MCU was culminating at the exact moment that we were graduating, like yeah, legitimately, no. like a week before we graduated. Yeah, it, it, Avengers Endgame came out like a week before we graduated college. Like that—that that is a mo- That is something I will never, ever like, be able to forget. It was—it was this monumentous moment, and and going to see it in theaters with, with both of you guys were there and, and a bunch of others was just like so special to me. Yeah, Yeah, we
2: we we took out like two rows at the move, like actually filled up two rows of people. Yeah. I remember
1: the way that it worked out. I wasn't actually near. I don't think either of you guys during the screening because I because I actually bought tickets to the wrong showing initially. And then I had to buy it like last second. And so I was at like the end of one of the rows and you guys were further up. Yeah, Um,
2: because Trent, we had gone and actually seen Infinity War together. Yes, it was it was us and like two other guys that went and saw that. But I remember I remember the day we went and saw Endgame. We went at like three thirty or four or something in the afternoon. And the entire day I was absolutely terrified that someone who had gone (laughs) on Thursday night was going to spoil what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: I remember one of our friends saw me. Um, From D2's window going like to class and I had my Beats headphones on like playing music the whole day so that I couldn't hear any casual like, conversation <laughs> around campus. Yeah,
2: I was the, the most scared I was. I walked around campus all day and didn't hear anything about it. And where my bus stop was, was at the movie theater uh, on South Main Street in oh, Blacksburg. Yeah. And I was so afraid that when I got off the bus stop and had to wait for the crosswalk sign to come on, someone would turn out of the movie theater and roll their window down <laughs> and just yell out spoilers from the movie. Oh my gosh. And then when That's I got terrible. into my apartment and sat down, I totally relaxed. I was like, I made it. I made it. <laughs> and we didn't go see the movie for like three or four hours after that. But I was like, I'm, I'm out of the danger right.
0: I got I can sit safely in my home turn off from the internet and just yeah it was it was a real fear of being spoiled for that movie
1: no i mean the russos came out with the whole like announcement campaign yeah. of, like Thanos demands your silence like they were trying <laughs> their best to really um encourage people not to do that. and from my memory people were actually really good about that even for a couple yeah. of days after it came out like yeah. i don't feel like you mm-hmm. heard people openly talking about the big stuff until like yeah. two or three weeks later
2: yeah yeah because because i'm kind of hit or miss on spoilers like spoilers sometimes matter to me but like uh how captain marvel played out i read that like six months before it happened and <laughs> yep some of the tv shows i don't really care about like spoilers I'll, I'll watch it but the spoilers don't bother me as much but endgame was one i was like nope yeah uh, and another one while we were in college the last jedi was one i was like nope nope yep, same, don't man. don't want to be spoiled
0: same same yeah i um that th- going to see endgame together is great for me because i just like endgame was like it was special because it was the end of an era both on screen and in my life and i just Mm -hmm. i will always connect those two things together like the mcu will always be tied to my kind of like ascension into adulthood for lack of a better term you know like it will those two things will always be tied together Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was it was really a special moment and then like we graduated, and Joseph, we were talking before. I feel like me and you, we have gotten closer post college than in college. And then we yeah. all like got on this podcast together, and it's just like I really, you, I feel like we're. <laughs> I'm starting to get like emotional on the podcast. Like you two mean so much to me, and we have we get to share like our love for these things like on a nearly weekly basis together, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful thing.
1: No, it's really special because, like, I mean, you hear stories all the time, right, where people who are friends in high school and college, it's like they don't even mean for it to happen, but, like, life just takes people in different directions and people lose touch. And so the fact that we've been able to use this... To, like, not only talk about stuff that we love, but stay in touch and stay involved in and each other's lives is, like, something special that, that I try really not to is. take for granted. So,
2: mm-hmm. And we're pushing five years out of college at this point.
1: I know. Oh. It feels bizarre to think about. <laughs> Bro, that's scary. That's a scary but it, thought. It, it,
2: it's really cool that we have stayed in touch that long and with some of our other friends, too. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Because it seems like that's a that's a rarity.
0: It is. It is. And I'm so thankful for it, so. You guys, I love you guys. This is, love you, Tim. This oh, I is love a great
2: you, I love you guys too. <laughs> this is this Happy is a Valentine's great. Day. Will you Happy be Valentine's mine? Happy Valentine's Day.
0: <laughs> I will be yours, Joseph. This is this oh, is a great you. this is a great episode already. Um all right, let's talk about our personal attachments to these stories. And we're gonna go all the way back to the beginning, all right? So mm-hmm. what is your earliest memory of like truly falling in love with a story i mean i
1: feel like for me it has to be watching the original star wars trilogy on vhs as a kid vhs Um, that's crazy man specific specifically for me i remember just being like watching the vader luke duel in return of the jedi for the first time and being like oh is luke gonna go to the dark side and like what's gonna happen and being like so stressed and nervous about what that was gonna be that like that was the first time not just for like a fandom thing but just a story in general like fully had me emotionally hooked and invested and like totally enthralled with what would happen. So yeah. So yeah, it's the, it's the OG trilogy. It's a basic answer for a reason.
2: I've got, I've got one that I remember. It's the first time a fandom ever broke my heart. Ooh. Um, And I think I'm not sure. We've never talked about this fandom before on the podcast. I'm not sure how much it affected you, but your boy, little like three or four year old Joseph, was sobbing, heartbroken, when Steve left Blue's Clues. Ooh. Oh,
0: Joseph! Oh my gosh! Yes. Uh, oh, I I was, so glad, I'm so glad you brought this up.
2: Inconsolable <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, when Steve left, left Blue's Clues, and I'm sure Joe is a nice guy. I hated him. <laughs> he was not Steve. Not my Steve. But yeah, I had a I had a lot of love for Blues Clues as a young Mm. child. Bob the Builder, Bob the Builder classic. Thomas the Tank Engine. I had a lot of the trains. Uh, I lost one at the mall one day. Again, tragic occurrence. Inconsolable Joseph, like (laughs) like four years old, uh, sobbing. Uh, I don't know if I've ever recounted the story of me becoming a spongebob fan to you guys oh yes i would love love to hear this so my parents when i was little were the we are not watching spongebob in this house parents and when i was four or five i was usually like a sick little kid Mm -hmm. and so i I had to go in the hospital for like tonsil surgery when i was like four or five years old in the hospital bed little like four-year-old joseph guilt tripped my mom into letting me watch Spongebob in the hospital. It's like, please, I'm in the hospital. Mommy, let me watch Spongebob. And (laughs) I've been watching Spongebob ever since. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think the main one is the same as Trent, those VHS special edition, uh, Star Wars original trilogies. Um, yeah, I, I think that's where most of us started because that was before like, DVDs were big and now there's kids that don't even know what a VHS player is and we're really at the end of that generation too
1: yeah we're literally like literally the tail end of VHS oh yeah yeah. the switch to DVD I remember like the switch to DVD being like okay like you like people being like you need to stop buying VHS it's not like a thing mm -hmm. of the future
2: because like everybody had that like that box set with the VHS original trilogy with like the gold Darth Vader on the front. Yep. 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 That's what, that's what everybody had. That's what we watched.
0: Yeah. hundred percent for me. I I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to copy you guys and say it was also the original star Wars trilogy. (laughs) Like that is what got me into this world. Um, I can remember, I can remember sitting down watching those with my dad and, uh, with my, uh, with my brother who was real little at the time um and just absolutely being enthralled right like Mm -hmm. just so like i remember (laughs) i i don't think it was ever a surprise to me that vader was luke's father i think i knew that even as a young child like maybe my dad let me know before we watched the movie or something like that but like i remember like consistently thinking like oh my gosh like people really, like, they didn't know. Like, there were people who didn't know that Vader was Luke's father. And, like, can you imagine what that would have been like in the theater? Like, mm-hmm. my dad talks all the time about, he saw, he saw Empire Strikes Back 10 times in theaters Wow. when it came out when, uh, when um, what was that, 1980? Um, yeah. <laughs> so he, well, I mean, he was obsessed with that movie growing up. And um, that obviously transferred over to me I will say two things that like signify who, what kind of like fandom kid I was growing up was the first time I think I remember, like I have sentient memories of loving this stuff would be going to see Revenge of the Sith in theaters. Mm. I believe I was in the second grade when that came out. Does that sound right to you guys? Like I think it was we were 2005. Was, yeah. yeah. So
2: we would have been like seven or so. Seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. Seven or eight.
0: Yep. So. Me and me and my brother Jake, we we showed up to the theater with our lightsabers in tow, and there was there were storm there was guys dressed as stormtroopers outside the theater, uh, mm-hmm. that was like five minutes from our house, and we got pictures with the stormtroopers with our little lightsabers, and like, let me tell you, Revenge of the Sith is a pantheon movie for me because it was that significant to me. Um, the so, other so go okay. ahead, Joseph. No,
2: go, I was. I was just going to say something about Revenge of the Sith, but you can oh, go. Yeah, go go for it. So I actually remember seeing both Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith in the movie theaters. Yes, and and so so when Attack of the Clones came out is like the earliest birthday party memory I had. I was getting like all kinds of Attack of the Clones figures. I got like the Reek. I got Anakin's yeah. speeder. And oh yeah. I remember the night, like the night I went and saw Revenge of the Sith. We had gone over to uh, a friend's house, like a family friend's house. Um, I was the oldest of the kids. They were um, my parents' friends. And we went over to the house. And I don't remember what we were doing, but they told me at the house like 10 minutes before we left. They're like, hey, we're going, to, we're going to see the new Star Wars movie. You're going with us. <laughs> and it was for like the midnight release or whatever. Oh, at, or, that's like, sick. I remember. I don't remember if it was like the midnight release or if it was the next day, but we went at night, and they said we're going to see the new Star Wars movie, and I was running around the kitchen like oh. yes, <laughs> that's so doing cute. like the 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 golem when he like gets the ring back like yes yes <laughs> oh I love and it and so the our our family friends had a son that was like he was like four at the time and he started running around too and. They didn't tell him that he wasn't going to the movie. No. Um, oh, that's tragic. And that was and his re-
1: first taste of heartbreak, you know. <laughs> and, we'll learn sometime.
2: and the last thing I'll say about going to Revenge of the Sith is I remember my parents covering my eyes when Anakin got incinerated.
0: Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> good for your parents, because that <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if we saw that coming or not. I don't know.
1: Um, I, just, I just remember for my Revenge of the Sith theater story, that was, like, the first time I heard, like, a swear word in a movie theater in public. Because, like, when Anakin got all of his limbs chopped off and, a, like, an adult a couple rows back said, like, like oh, bleep, like. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I just remember Revenge yeah, of the Sith. Yeah, that kind of movie. When we went and saw Revenge of the Sith, I was like, this is the greatest movie that's ever been made.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought that, honestly, probably for, like, ten years. It wasn't even until I oh, was, like, well into my ten it was, years it was that. A, it was a while. It was,
2: a,
0: yeah, same. Me too. Me too guys. I'm I'm trying, to remember you, you. Is... I'm trying
1: to remember if Revenge of the Sith was my first fandom thing or I may have been allowed to see Spider-Man 2 actually in the theater. Oh, in
2: the interesting. I, I did. Yeah.
1: So, and I remember I... being horrified by the um the surgeon death scene with all the Oh yeah, I was
2: I was Ooh. horrified by like that the one is the glass that yeah. kills uh, Dr. Wife. Octopus's wife. Yep.
0: I so I actually Joseph, I also saw Attack of the Clones in theaters. That's that might be the first movie, the first fandom movie I saw in theaters. I don't remember it, but my dad always tells this story that I like. We he took me probably like a uh, matinee viewing, so there wasn't a lot of people in the theater, and we went and saw this. And he said there was like two guys sitting behind us watching Attack of the Clones, and I must have been four four or five probably when that movie came out. Yeah, oh, two. And I leaned over to my dad at one point and just said, "When are they going to be done talking?" And the guys, <laughs> the guys behind us, just like died, lost it, laughing. According <laughs> to my dad, and I'm just about to say, actually, I'm
1: about to say that that's not a uh, uncommon criticism with adults of the pre-puberty right? at the time. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: right, exactly,
1: when are they going um, to
2: stop talking? And then you finally get to like the Battle of Geonosis, and you as a little kid, you're like.
0: This is, this the, is greatest the greatest thing I've ever thing seen. That's ever happened. <laughs> like, legitimately, like, like there's the, like
2: 500 million Jedi in here.
0: Yes, the lightsaber collection me and my brother owned as children is inspired by the Geonosis battle. Like, like mm-hmm. you've never have you ever seen that many lightsabers in the same place at one time. No, and the you know? Yoda
1: tosses aside his walking stick and can do uh, parkour, and that's crazy. like the coolest thing your little brain had ever seen.
2: Crazy, You're like the little frog guy can fight.
0: It's it's incredible. The other, the other story I'll share is uh, I, one of my... I may have shared this on the podcast before. I can't remember. But one of my uh, proudest achievements as a young child is me and my brother Jake getting together. We had collected a large portion of the Cars characters as Hot Wheel toys. Mm-hmm. And we recreated Radiator Springs oh, in our amazing. living room. Oh, we great. brought out little practice orange traffic cones and made the little hotels. <laughs> and we had a couple of the actual like buildings and stuff too. So... That was a that's a proud moment of mine. Um, yeah, my,
1: my nephew is off tangent a little bit. My nephew's really getting into the Cars trilogy right now, so I'm, I'm awesome. Re- I'm rediscovering my my love for the Cars franchise. Car- I'll be on Cars Three is now my favorite of the trilogy. It, Whoa! It, 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 like it jumped up the ranks.
2: I have still not seen Cars Three. Cars it's, Three
1: is good. I stand really by good. it. Yes. Wait, has it, he? It, it, they finally made like a sports movie, Joseph. Like Creed, yes. uh, Cars Three is basically like Rocky in a lot yeah. of ways.
0: Yeah, it really, it really is good. Because I like, watched...
2: this, I like the first one a lot.
0: Yeah, I like, I like the first one too. To me, I that's the one I gravitate to the most. But have you seen Cars Two with him yet, Trent? So
1: interestingly enough, he's still he's still so little, right? He's yeah. like, he's not even two yet. But like yeah. they put on the beginning of Cars Two, I think I remember the story correctly because I wasn't there. But um they said that he was not interested so they turned it off and they're like hey good call buddy good call <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> a smart a crazy... one they
2: got over
0: there <laughs> That was a choice. They made a choice with that movie. Um so we we the three of us have talked a lot about Star Wars already on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Why do you, why other than it was the VHS tape that introduced us to this world. Like what is it about Star Wars that we love so much?
1: I think it's just that it's like it's such a beautiful little hodgepodge of everything right like there's obviously like the fantasy element of like it's about wizards and knights and good versus evil and evil emperors and like but it also has sci-fi stuff where there's like cool spaceships and then like your parents are cool letting you watch it because it has like the battle of good versus evil in it so Mm -hmm. they can justify putting that on like it was literally in my house it was like VeggieTales Bible Man and like Star Wars and <laughs> wait, other kids shows. Wait.
0: Bible man? You you were also a Bible man household? Oh, hundred hundred percent.
1: No there was very stringent media uh consumption in the in the Neely household in the early days. We we
2: were not we were not a Bible man household, but we were a VeggieTales household. And I will not take any other answers than this. The Song of the Cebu is the best silly song with Larry. It is Ooh. a great
0: silly song. It's a great song. I just I didn't know there was another living soul on this earth that was a Bible man household. So oh, I Oh no, like I,
1: that was that was legitimately like my like aside from going to church when you're not really paying attention as a kid, that was like my introduction to like most Christian like <laughs> ideas and principles. What I, a,
0: like what a weird introduction.
2: Ours we, we just did veggie tales. I think we looked at Bible Man and we're like, that looks really dumb. But and not no offense to Bible man, not trying nah, to say you it. It, kind of weird. No, it, you're, it's that's correct. Kind of that's a correct assessment.
1: It, it's it's
0: cheesy. It's weird. If you made yeah. Batman cross with the Jedi and, and Evangelist, <laughs> like like it's really weird. I don't know why they chose that. Um,
2: yeah, that's that's something.
0: <laughs> um, I you you were on the point, Trent. Of Star Wars encompasses so much. Yes, there we go. Thank you. Sorry, went off went off track there. But yeah, oh no, I, you're good.
1: I, I yeah, I think it really is just all that, and then also just that like it was a pioneering thing with technology, right? Like the idea yeah. of for the trench run, doing the matte painting, and then shifting from the matte paintings to like the models, <clears throat> and then the models to like early what would become CGI and stuff like that. Like it's just whether whether you like it or not, I don't think you can deny what a pioneering piece of storytelling Star Wars is.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, growing up, I didn't I didn't really pay attention to like, oh, yes, this is a great transcendent story about good name. I was like, man, that Millennium Falcon looks so cool. And lightsabers are awesome. And it was something you could just kind of sit and have fun with. And then as you got older, you're like, oh, there's some really good like thematic stuff in the story. But as like a five year old you're like I love X-Wings. Exactly. I love love starfighters. I love, not love the Death Star, but I love the Death Star. It's super (laughs) cool. Darth Vader's really scary. The Emperor's really scary. Luke Skywalker's like my favorite character. And I think it was just the fun you could have with it. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, except for like, I say except for like, you know, except for like the genocide scene in episode three, for the most part, it's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, there's a lot.
0: Of, there's a lot of really dark stuff that they slip by us as kids, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, and then you're like, man, I watched Temple of Doom really young. <laughs> um, but I think just growing up, and I think what stuck with Star Wars too is, you could get lightsabers and blasters and go play outside.
1: Yeah. And be mm-hmm. like,
2: oh, I'm a Jedi now, or I'm a clone trooper, or, I'm a stormtrooper. To the point where like me and my neighbor, we'd have like lightsaber fights in the backyard and get nerf guns. And we're like, all right, I'm a stormtrooper, I'm a clone trooper. Let's go get the droids. And um, I think it was it, it had staying power as something you could reenact. Yeah. Because like everybody wanted to be Spider-Man, too, but you could only do so much like I'm not going to climb this wall. <laughs> but with. Yeah. Yeah. With Star Wars, you were just like, "All right, where's my imagination fall? Oh, I can just imagine I'm using the Force and lifting something, yes. and we can fight with lightsabers and shoot at each other." And um, I think, too, at least for our like for, for people our age, I don't really think it's that big anymore. Was the action figures?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like,
2: like we got like I had an <laughs> X-Wing and a TIE fighter and a Millennium Falcon, and we would fly them around the house like having battles with the action figures. Yep. And In so my, I, th- I think that's what it was, is you could just yeah. play and have fun with it.
0: Yep. I was going to say our our household was a Lego Star Wars haven. I mean, like the amount of Legos specifically like Star Wars Legos that we had was insane. It was I mean it was we, we it was a treasure trove in there, you know um
1: well and then speaking of that too, like the Lego Star Wars video games were like yeah oh yeah,
2: and so oh, it's like my so
1: literally there was a period of my like youth a pretty large one where it was like either I was playing with a lightsaber or playing with a Lego toy watching the movies or I was playing the Lego video game with friends or like my sister like it was it was yeah. like something Star Wars was on like twenty four hours a day essentially
0: yeah there was so I, much i I'm wearing a pod racing shirt right now and there was a pod racing game on the pc yes that, you know what i'm talking about joseph yes they, they, they
1: remastered it for the switch i, I bought switch, it on yo yo are you serious? on the switch yeah,
2: yeah you can get it it's so much fun. I'm, about it's to so buy, fun
0: I'm about to buy that as soon as we stop recording here josh is like i'm out like you don't want to, yeah exactly y'all finish the episode i got stuff to do like
2: we just i think we just made josh's day letting him know about this
0: i that's <laughs> you don't understand the pod racing game is a core of core memories for me like oh my gosh i love that game so much
1: yeah no they literally remastered it like during the like I th- yeah during lockdown like I, matt and i were looking at the the um the east store or whatever and i was like wait a minute is that pod racing and i was like it's only like, like two bucks or-
2: i've seen no, that cover have I- seen it's, it's like you it pops up and you're like that's not what i think it is is it and then and it then was you open it up and you start playing and you're like
0: i feel like a five-year-old <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, my gosh i, I forgot this, about make, the core. this makes him? me so happy i you have no idea I'm gonna did, did I'm you gonna you be guys, sending um, you updates this weekend. I well I,
2: another another game that I'm sure we've all played, the original Battlefront 2. Yes, yep. yep was like the it, best game. So ever much seen. fun. So I don't know much about you fun. guys,
1: but I never like really played the campaign. I just like went into the battle mode arena thing and just like played as Luke, ran around.
0: Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We do we did, um
2: all the we time. did a lot of galactic conquests. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you could
0: cause you could do the uh like all heroes mode, right? where it's yep. like you could only play as Jedi or Sith. Oh yes. man, we used to go crazy on that one. Yep. that Yeah. I think for me, Star Wars is everything you guys said. I won't, I'm not going to echo too much of what you said, but I think also the themes of Star Wars, you can connect with at any age. Like yep. I think mm-hmm. when you're a young kid, there's so much like about truly about mm-hmm. like self-belief and coming into your own self and, coming of age story with luke is also a coming of age story with ray in the sequel trilogy for the kids nowadays like honestly like <laughs> i can't wait to hear you know the kid the 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 late gen z or gen alpha kids now like when they're when they have their own podcast one day talking about star wars and like how much the sequel trilogy meant to them because that's gonna happen we're gonna get these kids that are like that well, I was like, and, oh yeah, the sequels were my Revenge of the Sith. You
2: know what I mean? And the the Ray movie will probably be in that fifteen or so ish year later time period from yes. when the Force Awakens came out. Yeah,
0: yep. So there's so much you can connect to as a child before you understand some of the deeper themes of Star Wars, of like mm-hmm. just like. If I believe I can do this and if I have friends around me and I and I rely on my friends, like I can I can do this. And it's such a it's such a like a approachable theme. But now like we're in our 20s and like all I want is more Andor. I'm like, please like show me more about mm-hmm. like how these corrupt, you know fascist government's rule and like the way that it like paints a picture into our own world and then what does it take to form a rebellion like it's so like that stuff is war politics is so compelling to me now in the world of star wars you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like
1: no and everybody made fun of george for talking about trade disputes and phantom menace and now he's sitting there watching Andor, being like i told you all this is interesting i was
0: Um, on to something
2: i won't i won't get into it too much but it's like everyone was like george what are you doing talking about Corrupt government. And George is probably like, hmm, can you guys look around the world <laughs> yeah. now and see yep. what I was saying about it? Exactly. 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 The prophet um, George Lucas. not even really, just Lu- Really? It's not even just the prophet Muad'Dib anymore. It's like, oh, man, <laughs> George Lucas is out here.
0: I know that reference now. I know that reference now. You do? Um, uh, another that we haven't talked about yet that I know is a big deal to all of us Is Lord of the Rings. Uh And we were talking before the podcast, like we all three of us entered into Lord of the Rings fandom at different parts of our lives. Yeah. Trent, when was it for you?
1: So, like most kids, I tried to watch it not with like not when it came out, but like when it came out on DVD. And I I have a distinct memory of my parents like going to visit one of their friends, like our neighbors. And like it was like, hey, Trent, like we're going to hang out. Like, here's a DVD player, watch something. And like, for the first five times of my life, I tried to watch Fellowship. I always fell asleep before we even <laughs> finished uh, Bilbo's birthday. Like I always fell asleep. Oh, at that's some early. That's I kn- really I know. early. Because I was probably just too young. And then yep. my my one of my really good friends was like really into Lord of the Rings, and he showed it to me for the first time, like actually start to finish, in middle school. And I was like, "This is pretty good." And then, it re- but it really wasn't until end of high school, or even maybe it may have been college, because I think they got added to Netflix when we were in college for a while. Okay, and yeah. I was like. I watched all three cause I was hearing all the, I was reading all these articles about fandoms at the time. And like they kept showing up as the best thing or the best trilogy, you know, all of the surveys and I'm like, are they really this good? And then I watch them and I'm like, these are incredible. And so, yeah, really it wasn't until college and like the last, you know, s- seven years or so that my proper obsession with Lord of the Rings has begun. And now Matt and I have gotten Emily obsessed that like she and Matt will throw them on randomly when they're like, what else do we want to watch? Uh, nothing. Like let's watch a piece of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's been amazing to watch that sort of sprout late in life.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I think my parents tried to get me to watch it when I was younger, maybe in, like, elementary school. And so we were watching it, <clears throat> and Bilbo Baggins... And Rivendell does his thing where he like tries to take the ring. Oh yeah. And, yep. and it scared me. And I was like, turn this movie off. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> and Poor I didn't watch anymore. I didn't watch anymore until ninth or 10th grade. Um, around the time the Hobbit was coming out because we, I don't even remember what movie we were seeing, but there was a trailer that came out for the Hobbit. And my dad was like, we're going to see that movie. And whether I saw it or not, he was like, I'm going to see that movie. Because uh, I've gathered my dad is like a giant fantasy nerd. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of interesting kind of getting older and being like, wait a minute. My dad reads those books too. Yeah. Uh, but I was in ninth or 10th grade when I watched it. And so we, we had the extended editions. And so we were watching them. I was watching them with my parents. And I don't think my sister cared for them. But I was watching like, wait a minute. I've been missing out on this stuff. And yeah, I mean, I've loved those movies ever since and probably watch them once or twice a year ever since then. Um, actually been watching them the, in the last week or two, I'm partway through the two towers. Um, nice. But it's just something that it ended up becoming like a family tradition. Like, um, when I would come home from college and my sister was still living at home before she got married, we'd watch them like every Christmas, like not, that's really cool. I think we'd watch it like after Christmas, after you've watched all the Christmas movies, but we just sit and and watch all the movies, uh, or we watch them in the summer, but we, it was something we would do as a family as we got older. Uh, my sister, it does hurt a little bit. She says the Hobbit is better. And I'm like, sorry, That's just
0: ridiculous.
2: I'm like, sorry, but you're wrong. Um, Like, you're just objectively wrong in this case, uh, because you haven't even read the books. (laughs) Um, But yeah, both of my parents love Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, so, you know, I've kind of had that growing up, but Lord of the Rings came about later for me.
0: And you, I mean, like, because you've read the books, too, your your knowledge of Lord of the Rings is... To me unmatched, Joseph. Like in people I know in my life, I will always go to you first about if I need to know something about Lord of the Rings. If
2: if you need something for like Lord of the Rings or Star Trek, I'm your guy. I think Star Wars, I'm still the guy. You guys are probably catching me, but I've read like forty more Star Wars books than you
0: guys. And the comics, <laughs> so. like you got you you got deep, deep
2: knowledge.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure.
2: I think I think I think Trent has me on MCU stuff though
1: maybe maybe i mean i have seen iron man 2 you know more times so just that alone <laughs> we know my, my justin hammer knowledge you're, at some yeah. point
0: you're gonna have to show us your justin hammer cardboard cutout.
1: yes i know <laughs> i know i'm gonna have to get all the uh, justin hammer merch
0: <laughs> um yeah lord of the rings actually for me i i did watch as a child and yes. i don't know what happened in my family now that i think about it because joseph you talked about being freaked out by the bilbo scene I also was freaked out by that scene and consistently scared of Gollum, but yet I continued to watch all of the movies. It wasn't like, oh, let's shield Joshua's eyes. Like, no, I just kept, I grinded through it. You know, like I, I'm, I know there were times that my family cut the TV off while I was watching it, but I, I watched all of those movies at a pretty young age. Like, I'm, I'm talking like, like when, when, when did uh, Return of the King come out? What year was that?
2: Oh four six oh four no oh, okay,
0: three four okay i think i think you're right four i would guess by the time i was 10 or 11 years old 06 07 i had seen the entire lord of the rings trilogy mm-hmm. so um i i just like there are that de- we talk about the star wars original trilogy as being like the first things to inform us Lord of the Rings was was the second thing for me to inform me of like deeper stories in in fandoms and the thing with Lord of the Rings for me was that it never really felt like this like franchise or fandom like it actually mm-hmm. felt like a genuine start to finish story there is a there is a start and there is a clear end and there is a meaning to that you know like mm-hmm. there that even as a kid i understood like Gandalf like I I grew up in a Christian household like we've talked about as on this podcast and so like I think anyone from any background can find something they connect to with these stories right but like for for me and my family they like connect with they're showing me the parallels of Jesus to Gandalf right like you know Gandalf dies and then he comes back and that that reflects Jesus and and I've I've had like one of our family friends, who I um, like, you have those family friends you call uncle and aunt. One of my uncles, like in our house, like getting like teary eyed, talking to me and my brother about how Lord of the Rings like taught him things about his faith. It was really, really <laughs> cool. You know, like I, I didn't understand it as a kid, but I, I had such a reverence and respect for it as a kid because of like understanding the deep, like an un- understanding the start to finish story and there, there is power in the stories that we watch and consume. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the other thing, all right, we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is <laughs> the MCU. Mm-hmm. And, Endgame was a cultural moment for us. And the MCU's interesting because it, re- like I said, like, like I said, we graduated college when Endgame came out. So that mm-hmm. means we grew up, as the MCU was ascending to its height of power. yeah. So I feel like the three of us in our generation has a a special attachment to the MCU. Whereas I think the rest of the world like kind of sees Marvel as, you know, especially at this point now, like lightning in a bottle, you know, like it it was a time in history. And for us, it's like, we grew up with it in a sense, you know, Um, so what was the moment you knew that the MCU was special?
1: I think for me, I don't. I don't think these movies are literally back to back, but they're close enough because I think it was within this, like one year of each other. It was it was the one two punch of Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man, where I was like, oh, okay. like okay, the like we I figured that like Captain America, Thor, and all these things would do well. Like Avengers, I was surprised that they like made the crossover happen somewhat, but I'm not surprised that that movie did well. But whereas like with Ant Man and Guardians, it was like here are these sea level comics that like people hadn't really heard about except for the diehard Marvel fans and like movies that people loved. And like, I would, I would argue now are like two of the best ones they've ever made. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, and the fact, and like I, specifically too with anime, and I remember that that was the case with Paul Rudd playing Scott. For me, that was like an actor that I knew pre the MCU mm-hmm. who had like an established career, like voluntarily joining this universe. Cause you know, it was the whole thing with like Robert Downey Jr. Kind of had the the downswing in his career. Came back with Iron Man. Chris Evans was sort of known a little bit for Fantastic Four, but came back with Captain America. And then Paul Rudd was like famously in comedies for the early two thousands, and then came into the MCU. I was like, oh, they can get like A list celebrities yeah. who are doing other things.
0: He was a universe. household now, name. He was the yeah. first. He was the first real household name. I feel like.
1: And so, yeah, I think it's those two movies that I was like, they can do basically any comic now. And and no matter how weird yeah. or niche the story feels, they can make it into something successful.
0: <clears throat> that's so interesting well, that it was Ant-Man for you. I just think that's such a, like, obscure moment. I don't think about it. But you're right. That was a moment. Joseph, how about you?
2: Yeah, so, so me and Marvel movies go way back. Like, I remember me and my dad would go and see him. Like I remember seeing Spider-Man two and three. I remember seeing X-Men two and uh, three X-Men origins, Wolverine, me and my dad went and saw, and I remember us going and seeing Iron Man and being like, Whoa, this is really cool. And then I still remember us going to see Iron Man two. And it was like a raging thunderstorm outside of the theater. Like, they'd have like the battle scenes in Iron Man two and you wouldn't hear it. And then the battle scene would end and they're talking or something. You're like, why are there still explosions? (laughs) Oh, it's storming outside. (laughs) I think for me, it was the one, two punch of the Avengers and Iron Man three. Yeah. Cause with the Avengers, I remember going and seeing that too. We had like a soccer tournament that weekend. And then me and like my childhood best friend went and saw the Avengers and I remember being a big fan, and I walked in, and my parents had given me like twenty dollars or something to get in, and I went up t- to the concessions. I was like, "I want the large popcorn. Give me <laughs> the large popcorn." I'm walking with this bucket, you know, and we go sit down, and I was like, "Man, this this movie's so much fun! Oh, look, it's the Hulk! Oh, look, Iron Man's here!" And it was a really fun movie. And then I remember going and seeing Iron Man three, and it was a group of us from high school. This was before all of us could drive and we somehow coordinated going to see iron man three together. We kind of screwed it up because we ended up in like three different theaters. It was like 10 of us that went, (laughs) but it was still something where like, but it was like the first movie I remember going to with like friends from school Yeah, uh, that we all got together. Like our parents dropped us off and then came and (laughs) picked us back up again. And uh, we were watching iron man three and then, you know, About that time, we were figuring out like, oh, wait, if a movie makes a billion dollars, that's like a really big deal. (laughs) And Iron Man 3 made like 1.3 billion or something. And for me, it was like, oh, this is really, really cool. And I liked Iron Man 3 when it came out, you know, just saying. But I think for (laughs) me, it was was the Avengers being followed up by a movie that was also really good.
0: Yeah, I... For for me, it has to be the Avengers. It had like there are I will say the caveat being the run of phase three of the MCU when we were in college is like that was just like Marvel flexing, being like we own. It was Hollywood the nineties bulls. Like they yeah, were just like mm-hmm. it really was. It was the nineties bulls. It was two back to back three peats. It was like we dominate this industry now. But the moment when you first knew was the first Avengers because You like, I had been to the theater to see, I think all the movies up to that point, except for Iron Man and the Hulk. So I've seen Thor, I've seen Iron Man 2, I've seen uh, Captain America, the first Avenger in theaters. And then you go and you're like, all right, this is cool that they're doing this Avengers movie, but like, is it actually going to work? And then it's like, it becomes the staple in pop culture for the rest of time. Uh, regardless of how you feel about the Avengers, the movie and how it compares to the other Marvel movies, I, I don't know if like in game and Infinity War are their own thing, but man, I had so much fun in the theater watching Avengers. That Mm -hmm. that might be like the most fun I've had in a theater with a movie. Was like watching it culminate. Before your eyes, and then knowing what was gonna happen, like you didn't know what was gonna happen in the future, but now knowing, like, they they did it. You know what I mean? Like they they proved their concept all in that one movie, and it was spectacular. And I just remember thinking, like, that was the moment I got sold and started trying to pay attention to all the announcements. You know what I mean? Like. You're like you're like when's the, when's the phase three announcement going to be? When are they going to announce Spider Man's coming into this universe? You know, like well, it was you had
2: you had that golden age too of like, oh, Marvel's coming to Hall H at San Diego Comic Con. Yep, that's going to win the weekend where they had yeah. that like four or five year stretch. Yeah, where yep. DC was like, here's a couple of movies coming <laughs> out, and Marvel's like, this is what we're doing, and you're all going to go see it, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was that you're exactly right It was it, it got us to pay attention to not just like go yeah. to go to the theater but to pay attention to every rumor and every like to ant- anticipate everything and, and like imagine
1: and that with that, any other industry where like a company could just be like here's a graphic for a new thing that we're making five years from now and people being right? like yes this is the great
2: and i, I can- think it's important to remember too star wars was dead at that point pretty much nice. the, the, cl- yes. the clone the clone wars was coming out but as far as like movies, Star Wars was dead.
0: Yeah, it was. You're right. They 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 dominated the time in between Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens. Like that that was they captured the moment pretty well, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay. What's something that you love personally? Cuz we've talked about a lot of shared loves here. So now we're going to diverge and what's something you love? That you know, the other two on this podcast do not share that same affection for. I almost want to just throw it to Joseph first because I, I, yes, we we know Joseph, we know what he needs his time.
2: Look, one of these days, I'm just going to kidnap both of you and tie you up and get that (laughs) thing that holds your eyes open and say, You are watching the Star (laughs) Trek movies now. And we're going to skip the bad ones, but you're going to (laughs) see the good ones. And then we're watching the TV shows. And it's, I mean, everybody on the podcast has heard me talk about my love for Star Trek before. I don't think I need to take up that much time on it. Minus Star Trek,
1: it's it's no, it's so good. I mean, I have seen. To be fair, I've seen all of the uh, Abrams
2: uh, timeline.
1: Uh, hey, I I think I mean, the, the, oh, the oh, oh, 09 Trek is great. I it think is, so too. It's
2: great. It is not among the best that Star Trek has ever done, though.
0: Okay, well then I need yeah to, I need that, to dig deeper. That's the thing is people have such a love for the stuff that you love the old tv shows um that those movies to me and trent are like these are good like i i i was digging into darkness you know i mean like i i was i'll be honest with you i was Mm -hmm. but see it's the reaction that you're giving is like the first the first
2: and the first and the third one are good and they're probably in like The middle, but closer to like the top of the Star Trek movies, but they don't touch some of the old ones
0: here. You know what, Joseph? I I just thought about this because there's a lot of stuff I missed in fandom. Like you can tell, listening to this podcast. I'm really into Star Wars. I'm really into Marvel. I'm really into Lord of the Rings. But like, I just read the Harry Potter books for the first time. I'm just Mm -hmm. watching some Avatar episodes for the first time. Um... If you gave me a list of essential Star Trek episodes, I, m- I might be able to do that.
1: Yeah, I think it is the size of Trek because I'm a completionist usually by heart. And so, like, the size the- of Trek intimidates me. And then I'm like, yes. oh, it's so big, I can't get into it.
0: Yes.
2: The, the hard thing with the essential episodes is. Some of the best episodes you can't watch without some of the history of other ones. Sure. That makes That's sense. As, that makes especially, sense. Especially Deep Space Nine. Mm. I can I can throw you random Next Generation episodes and you'd probably be fine. But Deep Space Nine is like how modern TV is serialized. They did it in the 90s. So their yeah. whole story just keeps building. But, yeah. I mean, I could drop you some... Uh, TOS and next gen episodes and some of the movies.
0: And I, I, I believe I have seen some like next generation stuff with my dad. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you just you know let it ruminate, Joseph. I will see if you can. I, I would, I would be interested to do something there. Um,
2: probably I could probably make that work. All right,
0: Trey, What about you, man?
1: Uh, I, I finally got to talk about it, guys. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, um, when when we were doing the thing of like, what's something from your childhood? That's like the entry point in fandom. I, I could have easily made the argument for this movie slash Batman, the animated series. Um, yeah, this this movie is it's 100%. I will disclaimer it right now. 100% of it is based or not 100. A large portion of it's based on nostalgia. Um, But it is genuinely my favorite Batman story to this day, like including the live action ones. Wow. Wow. Um, I think, I think this movie is so good, covers so much about the Batman and Bruce Wayne mythos um, that all the live-action movies do, but it does it in 90 minutes instead of three hours, like The Batman or The Dark Knight. Um, it's a story of Batman trying to figure out who is a serial killer killing mobsters in Gotham City. Somehow that's a plot in a kid's movie. And also <laughs> deals with the flashbacks of Bruce's relationship with this woman called Andrea Beaumont. Um, and it goes in these parallel stories. Um, and it's just... It's incredible. Kevin Conroy as Batman's like my favorite Batman. Mark Ham was the Joker, is the best version of it in this movie, even compared to the series. Um, Shirley Walker's score is like operatic and scary and amazing as all get out. I just love this thing so much. Rewatched it during the, the pandemic, holds up great.
0: Interesting. I so there's a chance that I've seen this, but I'll be honest, my memory, I don't have the best memory uh i have seen a lot of different animated batman media sure i've seen some of batman the animated series okay i think i've seen one of the justice league animated movies probably a lot of it visually kind of like looks similar so i like i might have seen mask of the phantasm but like that could have been the animated series i'm not completely sure what distinguishes this from the animated series?
1: Well, so it has like a – it's like it, more of a film ratio, literally, because okay. it, it was made – like they put it in theaters. Um, and then the big thing is like the phantasm looks different than any other villain. That, like the that uh, is a villain original to the movie and not in the series. Okay. Um, and there's a pretty famous showdown for Batman and the Joker in like an abandoned fairground in the movie that's not in the series so if you've seen anything of like okay a fairground being destroyed or like a tom like big giant robot mannequin things being around that that's oh. your mask of the phantasm okay
0: i might have seen this thing
1: anyway it's streaming on max right now if anybody I, if i've sold anybody on this I, and it's <laughs> I, yeah
0: when's the last time you watched it you think uh like six months ago Nice, nice. Yeah,
1: now now that I like rediscovered my love for it and bought it during the pandemic, and it held up surprisingly well to my memory, I like I throw it on every couple
0: months now. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, for mine, I have like a couple. I have a couple things like kind of percolating on my mind. The first, I will share. Yeah, let me think. I'm gonna the first one I share will be me and my family used to watch this together. I will admit that I dropped off around season four or five, that I have not seen all of the show in completion. But to me, in its heyday, when I was watching, me and my family watched every episode for a while and got really into the story, and that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Ooh.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Do y'all, did y'all watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
1: I watched I see like three or four seasons. <laughs> I fell off the Ghost Rider season. So whenever Ghost Rider showed yeah,
2: up, that's, that that's actually might I be remember.
0: where I fell off too.
2: That's where I fell off.
0: Because I got to like like the the crazy part to me was when um it started getting like a little too weird is uh like there was the Hydra monster yep. and like Ward was like being like lured to the Hydra monster and it was just like it started getting like sci-fi almost. And mm-hmm. I I enjoyed that, but it was looking back, I'm like, yeah, it, it was starting to lose the plot a little bit. Yep. Um,
2: that that stretch of like starting in season one, where they tied into the Winter Soldier to yes, like the end of yes. season two was awesome. Incredible. So good.
0: Like Incredible. the actual perfect way to use that show is mm-hmm. to like, you introduce something like Hydra in the movies. Well, obviously we want to explore that but you don't always have time to in the movies so let's make a tv show to explore that like that was the perfect execution of like the early marvel tv like what it could have been you know and i just like i like you said those first couple seasons were really really good
1: no, and in season one, they bring, I think it's season one, right, they bring in the cellist from Portland that they reference in The Avengers a couple times, where it's like, yeah. Close. It's yeah. like oh yeah, this girlfriend that like I had, and then maybe it's not going to work out, and Tony's trying to help him out, and like, get the jet, go to Seattle, make it work. Yes, um, yes.
2: Well, and, and season one, too, had, um, like, Sif showed up. Yeah, because yep. it was right around bit, the time that like, Thor uh, The Dark
1: World was coming out. That's so They did it right. as like a
2: crossover. Fury, Fury was in it a little bit. Maria Hill was in it. Agent Sitwell was in it. So it, it was kind of weird. Of like, they did make the jump, yeah. from like the movies to the TV show.
0: Yeah, they did. Like occasionally they did. Um, the other show That's, I'll drop that
2: Scumbag Ward. Yeah, oh, bruh. Ward. love what? to hate him
0: though. Love, yeah, you him. really, he was a really like great villain. Um, the other show I'll drop in here uh another one that i did not complete i definitely fell off this one because i just think you know i think the quality speaks for itself but the cw flash oh yes i was i was really in on that me and my brother this is like one of the first things i did not grow up having a tv in my own room um but at some point uh there was a tv in one of our rooms that we like would share and like, I remember me and my brother, like, binging early seasons of The Flash together on Netflix, maybe. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. I'm, like, we weren't watching it live, but it, it was just after it had already aired on the CW for a little bit. But binging it on Netflix and, like, getting really into the lore of the reverse Flash and Harrison Wells. And uh, mm-hmm. there's just, like, it, it's, it's a really great story. Yeah. Uh and then they you know they you know they did the cw thing but like early on yep. it was such a such a good story and you know the movie the flash couldn't touch it they tried and they <laughs> could not touch it um yeah i loved i loved that show <clears throat> in the early seasons
1: no the first the first two seasons of both flash and arrow hold up like yeah. surprisingly well like yeah. i was like I, yeah these, these were great
2: i kind of like season 3 of arrow too
1: yeah, well, that, is the, that the, Ray, the, that's racial. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that was the last great one.
0: I yep. didn't really get into Arrow that much. I watched some episodes, but I didn't Man, get into it the way I got into the Flash.
2: Deathstroke was the bomb in that. <clears throat> show.
1: The Deathstroke arc in season two is genuinely incredible stuff.
0: I mean, they, yeah, they, there was good stuff on those CW shows. That you know, if they could have contained it a little more, we could have could have had more. But um, all right, I put some prompts in here. We can we can uh, go through these a little more quickly, but I felt like these prompts encapsulate our generation and fandom pretty well. And the first one I'm going to ask is, when we talk about portrayals of characters, you know, every generation has their Batman. Someone's Batman is Michael <laughs> Keaton, another's is now going to be Robert Pattinson. Um, technically, someone's could be Ben Affleck, but that would be kind of weird. Um... Who is on your Mount Rushmore? So for those who don't understand the concept, your four greatest, most meaningful, specific character portrayals in your lifetime. So when you're not saying like, I'm putting Spider-Man on here, you're saying I'm putting Tobey Maguire Spider-Man on here. What What's, what's coming on to the top for you in terms of Mount Rushmore, top four slots?
1: All right, I'm going Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Robert, right. Ju- Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, um, mm. Mark Hamill as the Joker, and oh. Andrew Garfield as Spider Man.
0: Whoa, mm. whoa, okay. You have Mark Hamill. First of all, you have Mark Hamill over Heath Ledger. Yes, and
1: I, ha- I, I think purely as I'm glad you brought that up. I think purely as a faithful to the comic idea of like. He is a psychopath, but a clown. I think Mark Hamill balances that ratio a little bit better than Heath, and so for me, it's more accurate to the truth of the character <clears throat> with Mark Hamill than it is Heath.
0: Interesting. I could, I, I could kind of get that.
1: I feel, I feel like Garfield might be the ho- hottest take on on that list, actually. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, it is. <laughs> for me, it is simply due to the fact that. He nails both Peter Parker and Spider Man as two distinct performances. Like his Peter Parker is shy and nervous and nerdy and unsure of himself, and then his Spider Man like loves being Spider Man so much he's like cracking jokes at criminals and making fun of them because he's finally confident and powerful and strong. I th- I think it's easily <clears throat> the most dynamic portrayal of the character. Even though I do love what Toby and Tom both do in their own way, but for me, hands down, Andrew's the most interesting.
0: Wow.
2: All right, my my I almost said Rount Mushmore. <laughs> uh Mount Rushmore. I think I'm fairly certain this is going to be on all of ours. Our generation cannot get past Robert Downey Jr. No. as Iron Man. I mean, no. it's it's inescapable that all of us are going to say that's like a definitive character of our lives at this point. And he's not even my favorite character in the MCU, but I think you can't get around him being kind of the heart and soul and the driving force behind it. Uh, next one I'm going to go with is Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. I think just the will of the fans to get a show about that. Yeah. Regardless of what you think about the show, but that's a character that all of us have connected with. I will take Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. It's incredible.
2: That's like, maybe still the best fandom villain that we've gotten, except for maybe like Darth Vader. But if you're in the discussion of like you were Darth Vader, you made it. Yeah. So, um, man, who would be my number four?
0: I know. I I was struggling here too, man.
2: Trying to think of what it would be.
0: I can I can go while you think of your four. Yeah, you
2: you go while while I'm thinking. So, of So because four. I'm
0: gonna copy most of yours, I think. Um, I'm gonna go R D J, Tony Stark has to be for mm-hmm. all the reasons you guys have already said. He's just the iconic. He's the he's the perfect cast of our generation. You um, and McGregor also as Obi Wan because like legitimately he was the man. I don't know like I don't care mm-hmm. how you twist it like. For us, we did. We talked about how much we love *Revenge of the Sith*. Like you and McGregor on top of the mountain in Mustafar, selling "You are my brother, Anakin." Like, will live rent free in my head for the rest of my life. You know, like that's 100%. that's just it. That's an iconic moment for me. I will say Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and I love the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And I almost picked that one, but I do think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies were also cornerstones of my childhood Mm -hmm. and poster right there look at him look at him staring at us every single episode and i will i will also say that spider-man 3 i was in love with as a child (laughs) me too i was in love with that movie as a child so
2: if i I had to make the choice between x-men 3 and spider-man 3 i'm taking spider-man 3 100 100%. percent in like
0: but there are obviously it has his goofy moments, but it also has some really good moments too, I think. I mean, like, for
1: young, for young Trent, it was just like Harry rides a hover glider and fights Sandman by turning his arm into glass. Like it was like, that was like the coolest yep. action yep. thing ever. Mm-hmm. Pretty me. incredible. That, yeah. Pretty
0: incredible stuff. Lastly, I just, this is, this is the one I could, I was like you, Joseph. I couldn't think of one. I think I have to say Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa. Mm i just that's a a
1: great pick actually
0: i think that's the one that unfortunately i really hope not but like it could easily be forgotten because he just wasn't here long enough but Mm -hmm. that's probably the second like i it's it's the tragedy of like we should have gotten more time Mm -hmm. to see him as that character because when he appears as t'challa on in civil war you're like oh my oh my gosh like they did it again. They found another perfect casting in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like it really felt similar to RDJ as Tony Stark. Of like, and not that everyone had like a deep connection to the character of T'Challa beforehand, but when you're introduced to him in the MCU, Chadwick just just absolutely yep. dominates that that role. So yeah, I, I'll I'll put him up there. All
2: right, I, I think. I think I'm settled on my number four. I think I'm going to have to agree with Trent and go Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean,
1: iconic. So yeah. much so, they're bringing him back. like right. Still, like, right. he's right. Gonna you can't be get playing, enough of
2: him. He's going to be playing this guy for like 24 years.
0: Which is fine. You know, yeah. let, let yeah. him continue. Um. Okay. This one, really fun. I'm excited for it. You can only keep one. And these are, again, foundational to the three of us. You might be listening and be older or younger than us and be like, this is whack. But this is going to be very difficult for us. You can only keep one of these. Lord of the Rings. The, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We're not counting The Hobbit. Sorry, Joseph's sister. Um, Clone Wars and Rebels together. That's a package deal. Phase three of the MCU. So everything from Civil War to Endgame and then the harry the entire harry potter book series. Mm-hmm. The,
1: this I, one's hard. I'll give it to you. Because I love I love all these. Um that they're all great and are essential parts of their canon in many different ways, but there's only one that I'm like not only is this a great fandom thing, this is just like one of the best works of art mm. that we've ever received and I feel like the the craft of storytelling is worse off if these things don't exist and that's lord of the rings like 100 okay
0: okay also, i also i i can see you going saying something different there okay lord of the rings it is you're choosing you're saying goodbye to clone wars and rebels
1: yeah that that hurts and and obviously like just like tossing it seems cavalier to toss out end game like that but you know
0: yeah
2: I will also take Lord of the Rings because I think Star Wars is still good without Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm -hmm. There's good MCU stuff without Phase 3, even though Phase 3 was kind of the golden age. And I like Lord of the Rings more than Harry Potter. So I I will also take Lord of the Rings.
0: This one is extremely tough for me because... As you guys know, I just finished reading Harry Potter for the first time in all of its entirety, mm-hmm. and i i was I was enthralled. I was deeply moved by it. Now, it is um, it's complicated now because of J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. It makes it makes it a little bit harder to feel attached to. I think. But man, those that story is one of the most beautiful works of art in pop culture. I think. Um, however, because I read it recently, I don't have quite the same attachment to it as these other things. So I think I'm going to say phase three of the MCU. Nice, because glad, for me, didn't. because for me, that is like I said. I can't. I cannot disassociate it from my own life i i it, it like go, it ties together with my like my growing up years sure. so that's it's phase three of the mcu for me yeah all right this one i'm excited uh actually I'm, I'm gonna ask this question first and then we'll end on the would you rather most slept on fandom piece of content from your childhood
1: Okay, I don't know if you guys have seen this or if we talked about this, but one of the animated superhero shows that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough um, is X Men Evolution. This is not this is not the X Men cartoon series that like is getting the reboot, but the one of like them all in high school. Um, I, am I know a sucker. about
0: this. I did not watch it, but I know about this.
1: Okay, I am a sucker. Like this is just a thing about me in general for like teenage melodrama stuff. So like the O C, like one of the. Best first seasons of a TV show ever, um, but um, but yeah, no, just taking it back to like high school and having these kids figure out who they are as people before they're even a functional superhero team. I think is just incredible. The theme song for Evolution might be the gr- like one of the greatest TV intro theme songs ever. That guitar solo in it shreds so hard. Um, so yeah, more and more people should watch uh, Evolution on Disney Plus. I
2: will say the Aragon books. Oh, I'm
0: glad you said it, Joseph. I'm glad you said it. Hey, could be a step closer now that Percy Jackson got a whole series. That Aragon is in that same kind of ilk, right?
2: Yeah, and Aragon's in development at Disney Plus.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. There we right. go. No, Look at you, together. man. Living large. It's gonna be a great, oh, yeah. that's gonna be a great time for you. I Disney. never read the Aragon books, but you speak highly of them all the time. So um So okay, my pick is The Tartakovsky Clone Wars series.
2: Ooh. Yes. Yes.
0: I, oh my gosh, guys, I loved this so much. Cause these were like, I, they were slept on because like, I don't think they get remembered that, that often because of the other Clone Wars series that was made. I think people get confused confused that there's two distinct things. People do get confused. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm remembering it correctly, but these were like 15-minute episodes. These were like quick. So,
2: some of them were like 5 minutes. I bet say I,
1: I think I, I think there's like 3 episodes total or like 6 or something. And it's like they're all they're all like less than 12 minutes or something. Yeah, they're or like g-
0: so short. Yes. And I <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> y'all remember uh the failed uh streaming app Quibi? Yes. Mhm. It, it, was was like, it was, like, it was like a, a whole streaming service based yeah. on
1: short films that were under, like, seven minutes or something. Or under ten, I think. Yeah. It was, it was no double digits. No,
0: oh. like, just... Clone Wars would have killed on Quibi.
1: Yes. You, you literally just unlocked, like, a core memory. Like, I remember going to Blockbuster and renting okay. the <laughs> DVD for this. Yeah. And then, like the uh, years have passed, and I'm like, did I dream this entire like TV series? Because it wasn't it wasn't really anywhere yes, to be found. Yes. And then like Disney Plus just added it like last year or semi recently. I feel like, um, and I keep meaning to go back and rewatch it. Oh,
2: it holds me, up. Me too. I remember watching it on Cartoon Network as it, it was as yep. it was airing, and thinking like basically a description is, "Hello, child, Star Wars fans, would you like a dose of violence today?" Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes, bro. And, I've never seen I've never seen droids look so human like yeah. in the worst and, way possible.
2: And I mean, if anything, that show taught everybody like you don't want to throw hands with Mace Windu.
0: No. Yo, <laughs> Mace Windu was he was the GOAT was, in that series. He
2: was like boxing super battle droids. i was
1: yes. about to say that that image and then the um Anakin Asajj duel are like the two uh, images that I remember the most from oh, that series. Yes. Yeah,
2: Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan I think everyone fighting Dirge and them having like a like a speeder bike joust was really cool.
0: Yes, I, Gosh, I'm going uh, to rewatch this tonight. Same, like, I'm like, I think I need to fire it up. It's yeah, so that, good, that guys. was that was an excellent excellent show. Um, all right, last we will end on this. Would you rather never? Be able to rewatch the MCU. It's, it will only live in your memory from now and you can never go back and revisit anything. Or have to, no way around it. And this isn't just like you've got it on in the background. You have to sit down and watch it once a week. Watch the Rise of Skywalker.
2: I was going to take the Rise of
1: Skywalker. (laughs) <laughs> wow. i'll tell you wow. and I'll, I'll tell you why because here's the thing sorry jo- joseph i cut you off but I'll, it's you. okay if i go yeah um, um but uh from here's the thing it's been a couple years now since rise skywalker came out a youtuber that i love did a video about uh learning to appreciate joel schumacher's batman and he was <laughs> like the reason that these movies were poorly reviewed in their time was because it was like this is this was the batman movie coming out mm. it's like and yeah we're hyped up about batman every time right now it's like there's a million batman things to watch and you can just <clears> view <throat> the schumacher stuff as just like one little piece and it was like at the time of rise of skywalker in 2019 it was like this is the culmination of everything and like who knows when we're gonna get star wars movie again now it's like we got all these disney plus shows we got andor they're gonna do the new ray movie so they're gonna give her a different ending so i'm like i'm okay thrown on once a week rise of skywalker and just being like yeah this was this was a, a piece of the, the saga that i don't love but still i think it's actually still well directed i think that's something that gets lost i think it looks pretty good
0: yeah um it and does I, look I, good
1: i think daisy ridley and adam jones do a really good job with like the pure acting wise so, so yeah I, I i i think i could watch that once a week as opposed to giving up the mcu and just li- living that purely off of memory like no can't do that
0: Joseph? You, crushed
2: my, you crushed my dreams when you said it couldn't be in the, like the background. I was like, can I be like cleaning the toilet or something while this is on, <laughs> or like fall asleep while it's on or something? I hey, mean, if you I'll, fall asleep,
0: I'll, that's that's between you and you and God. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I, mean, I won't be there to judge you.
2: I'll I'll take Rise of Skywalker just because the MCU is so <clears> good, <throat> and the books and the comics have really been trying to do damage control on it and they've done an okay job of damage control still. I mean, if you polish a turd, it's still a piece of crap. (laughs) So I mean, I'll, I'll I'll take the rise of Skywalker once a week just to keep the MCU. But that was mean, Josh.
0: I know I wanted to (laughs) do this. I was so, I like legitimately like I'm, I'm in the shower and this prompt hit me like, those like deep shower thoughts you have like mine oh, yeah. was about what prompts to put on this podcast and this hit me and I'm like oh yeah this is this is the one i'm going to break them with this
2: i got a <laughs> i got a quick one for you yeah rise of skywalker once a week or secret invasion once a month
0: <laughs> oh no all right rise of skywalker once a week hands down there's yeah. Absolutely no way I can spend 6 hours of my life once a month watching Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah, There's I, I no kind of have to agree. There is absolutely no way. <laughs> like because at, my- least,
2: at least Rise of Skywalker has some lightsaber fights that look cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I get to hear the voices of all my favorite Jedi for those 5 seconds, you know? I in that that was pretty cool. I was going to say never be able to rewatch the MCU again. Not because I hate Rise of Skywalker that badly. I don't love it. I actually have never rewatched it. And I think that tells you something about me is that I don't rewatch a lot. hmm And if you're telling me in the limited time I, I have, that once a week I'm going to spend it watching Rise of Skywalker? No, I want to be watching other stuff. I told you guys. There's a lot of stuff I've missed that I want to watch. And I'm not wasting that time watching <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> so... That's that's how I feel about it. But if it was between that and Secret Invasion at Rise Skywalker every day, gladly. I'll sit down with a bucket of popcorn gladly and raise a glass toasting Daisley Ridley and company and that'll be that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, guys. That's gonna, I think that's going to wrap our conversation. This was,
1: This was nice. Like,
0: Right, just got Can to talk do about
1: things things that we liked, and then you guys like reminded me of like I'm literally gonna fire up like the, the Clone Wars micro series like yeah like the next
2: two hours do it um, and we only and we only crapped on stuff for like ten minutes yeah right.
0: it was it was so positive we should do this every week <laughs> yes really or like once a, once a
1: quarter just to remind people <laughs> that we don't hate everything it's like exactly yeah once a quarter check in hey
0: remember what we love yeah I love this this is a great. This is a great trip down memory lane for me. Yeah. This is awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, check in with us over the next couple of weeks. We can't wait to have some more content for you. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, Dune season here very soon. So mm-hmm. catch, up, catch up on Dune part one, everyone. And uh, we cannot wait to talk to you guys again soon. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Stinger Pod. Thank you so much for listening.